It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. What is up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. It's a Friday. T-G-I-F. Now, the sad thing is there's only a couple of games left in the entire season. We're done with the home slate. Those of you that have made it out to the home, the final home game on Thursday and got to say farewell in person to Marty Brenneman, I'm jealous of you. I said it. I said goodbye from my couch. But we have today on the podcast, we're going to be talking with Drew Cook from the Blog Red Machine. He was actually down at the game, and I'm going to get his take on that, as well as some off-season thoughts, and we might riff on the Pirates for a minute. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jeff. How about yourself? And I, I can't complain. I'm uh, chilling tonight. I know that the Reds lost today and didn't give Marty a chance to say, and this one belongs to the Reds one more time, but hey, can't win them all, right? Can't win them all, but uh, I was out there for the game, and it was uh, it was a really fun experience. The organization sent him out really well with a lot of fun tributes, and uh, I love their little radio giveaway. Everybody in the stands that I was around was tuning into the broadcast uh, via the little radio, so that was kind of a fun uh, thing that the Reds did. I, I, I love the idea of the giveaway, and it was funny because social media was just a buzz with how crazy – the atmosphere around the stadium pregame was uh, what what did the feeling of the game uh, how how was the feeling inside the stadium during the game did it kind of get a little bit more melancholy toward the end you know you you used the word i was going to going to use melancholy it, i think you know aquino let off the first inning you know i think he had a home run and and everybody, I think, was a little jacked and juiced and ready to go. And then it just kind of hit a lull and, and went from there. And, you know, the Reds didn't get a real chance to rally beyond. I think it was in the eighth inning when they had the bases loaded. But it just uh, kind of a microcosm of the season, I guess. So close, but yet so far away. But, um, yeah, it, it kind of torpedoed there towards the end. I think everybody was hoping for um, for to send Marty out on a high note. But, um, you know, can't win them all, like you said. I was curious because most of the pictures I saw were like of Crosley Terrace and the main entrance and things like that. Just out of curiosity, how long did it take to get through the gates today? Oh man, uh, I was a, it was at least thirty minutes for me. We got mm. down to the stadium uh, 
probably about 10 minutes before the gates opened, and it was at least 30 minutes to get into the stadium. So it was a it was a bit of a wait. I I hadn't been there before when it's been that long of a wait. So it was a it was a good piece of time to get into the get into the ballpark. Being in the stadium, how cognizant? How many times did you catch yourself looking over at the Reds on radio booth? Um, you know, a, a few, every almost every single uh, inning, there was some cut towards something of Marty uh, in the past, and almost every single time, as soon as the uh, the video promo was over, uh, they would pan over to him in the booth, and he'd stand up and wave out. Uh, of the window so he he got a lot of pop throughout the entire game i would say at least on five or six different occasions uh they panned over to him up in the booth and he was uh gesturing towards the fans with a lot of thanks and gratitude that's one of the things i feel like the reds do really well is celebrating their history celebrating their heritage and i mean they had their own history right there with them retiring today and they did such a good job of honoring him all season long and i know he had mentioned i remember there was a couple of years back he talked about the idea of retiring and he mentioned he's like when i go i'm just gonna go like i'm not gonna make a big stink about it i'm just gonna hang up my headphones and walk away and he even mentioned it in the post-game ceremony today the the marty party if you will that he was going to do that after last season and phil Castellini was just like uh-uh-uh no you don't you ain't doing that to us. You know, we, we're getting a whole year out of you. <laughs> but I think they've done him really well. I, I felt like they treated him really nicely. And I, I was very happy to see everything that they really did for him this year. I would agree. I mean, when, when somebody brings 46 years of their life dedicated towards, you know, a, a baseball game like that and, uh, you know, puts their heart and soul into it and is such a big piece like that, I think it's really nice to see the franchise able to recognize uh, someone like Marty, he's going to the hall of the Reds hall of fame next year. And I just think that's, you're right. They, they usually celebrate their history really well. They're very proud of the history that they have in the city and with the team. And I think they did a great job sending him off this year. It's kind of like they say, you know, Oh, well you've been dating that girl way too long to break up through text message. You're going right. to have to take her out. And do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, and there's one other thing that I wanted to touch on, and it was something that I noticed watching on TV. I know everyone that was at the ballpark noticed because it was kind of a hot topic there in the ninth inning in, uh, on social media. It was Joey Votto getting booed for striking out against Josh Hader. I mean, Man, let, let, me, let me tell you. First of all, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Joey fan. I'm not a Joey apologist, but I'm a Joey fan. And I... Just me personally, Jeff, I don't appreciate fans booing the home team. That's just not the way that that I roll. I don't like seeing that kind of stuff. I know that Joey's the highest paid player on the team, and I know that he hasn't produced this year. He'll be the first one to tell you that. But, I mean, if if people think he's going up there purposely trying to strike out, I think that that's uh, not the right attitude to have. I, I hate seeing somebody as great as Joey is be booed by his home fans. So, I was a little put off by it. I understand the frustration, but I think there's a uh, crossing a line a little bit, at least in my opinion. Right, and I uh, I think that there are very few. I don't I don't think that there's a whole lot, and I think that home fans in Cincinnati are just so callous and jaded because of the way that the franchises between the Reds and the Bengals. I I think it's unfortunate. And it's not the Reds' fault in some regard, 
and I know I'm going to get in trouble for that, but in some regard, it comes from the Bengals side of things. It's a negativity that just gets bounced back there, and they just look at it, and they're like, what what sports franchise in this town has ever done anything for us? And so anytime something negative happens at the game, their first inclination is to boo, and I'm like, come on, guys. This is your home team. Like, If you're going to boo anything, boo the fact that Peraza popped out with the bases loaded. Boo. Right. You know, there's certain things like if a guy like doesn't run out a ground ball, if a guy, if it's a just total mental lapse, yeah, maybe you boo that. And even then, there's still a question. Not when a guy strikes out. It's Josh Hader. We're talking right. about one of the probably five best relievers in the game of baseball today. It's, it, I mean, it'd be like back in the day, like if, uh, I don't know. It, relating to some of the old times, you know, Goose Gossage struck out Tony Perez. You going to boo Tony Perez? Like, I, right. I don't think so. But exactly, uh, exactly. You know, jo- Joey's put in a lot of time in this city, a lot of time with that team, and uh, I, I just think he deserves a little bit better than that as the star player of that franchise. But you know, to each their own. You pay your money, you can come in and do what you want to do. But that's just not, not what I would do. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. Speaking of our good buddy, Mr. Joseph Daniel Votto, he, he's been in uh, a couple of different articles, uh, interviews on The Athletic and on Reds.com with comments on his own play. And, and one of the reasons that most Joey fans would say that they are a fan of Mr. Votto is the fact that he is so honest with himself. He's such a – he tells it like it is. He's not going to sugarcoat things. And he didn't in these interviews. What did you take away from all that he said? I took away several things from it. First, I think you have one of the more loyal players that you're ever going to have for a franchise. Um, you know, again, granted, he's he's got a, a long-term contract that's paying him a lot of money. So I think you can sit back and say it's easy to be loyal with that. But we've entered a day and age, too, with professional athletes where demanding trades, if your team isn't being successful, is commonplace so i don't think you'll ever see that from a guy like joey so i can always appreciate the loyalty of it um you're right he's always been honest with you know with his performance uh hasn't been his best season i think we've seen a better version of joey the last two months or so but he's basically came out and said he's had a terrible season and um you know i appreciate his honesty and you know i i appreciate the fact that he also said during one of the interviews, I think that, you know, they asked him if he would, you know, hang it up before his contract expired. And he basically said, absolutely. If, uh, if he's dissatisfied or, or doesn't want to play anymore, he would look into that. So, uh, I think Joey's a player who's always looking to, to get an edge, always looking to be just a little bit better. Um, and I just think his confidence has been shaken the last two years um, you know, I'm, I'm a big Joey fan. I'm hopeful he puts it all together heading in the next season. Um, he always seems like he's somebody who looks at the mental aspect of the game as well. Um, I don't feel like the game has passed Joey by. I don't think that's realistic at all. So, um, I appreciate what he had to say. And like you said, he's, he's usually pretty brutally honest about his performance and not ashamed to say that he had a poor season this year. I think that Probably one of the best things in 
the interviews and the quotes that he had was what he was talking about where someone asked him if he would go to a different club that was well positioned for a World Series and get a ring that way. And he almost completely shot that down. He was just like, no, I, I wouldn't want to do that because I wouldn't have felt like I was a part of it. Felt like I was just there like a tourist, just showing up at the right time. And I totally respected him for that because that's almost the mentality that is permeating sports as a whole. Kind of started with NBA and then there's a little bit of it in the NFL. Not not quite so much because there's a lot more moving parts to a football team. But there's not really been that sort of feeling in Major League Baseball Largely, and that was just great to hear him say that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, him talking about, he's like, I've been a huge liability this season. It, it's it's kind of funny because talking to some folks that are close to the team and have you know known Joey for a couple of years and things of that nature, they say that he doesn't say anything unless it goes through his mind and he thinks that it's worth saying. So the fact that he actually comes out and says, yeah, no, I'm not going to go to another team just to win a World Series ring. And I was a liability. That means he firmly 100% believes it. It's not bullcrap. So I love that he gave that answer there. And I think, you know, I think it's more than just blind hope and bias that leads me to believe that he will have a better season next year. And I know he said that at the beginning of this season, comparing it to 2018, but I really do think 2020 will be better than this season and probably better than the last two seasons. And that's going to be a very big key for next year's Reds. Oh, I completely agree. You know, and, and I also, I, I hate to get so far off track and act like no. he had a horrible season. I mean, he still leads the team in, in on-base percentage as far as, you know, players with, you know, 300-plus at-bats like he does. Right. So, and that's... That's part of his game. You know, walks and on-base percentage are part of his game. He he has a 103 OPS plus, which, again, I know, I mean, we're he's getting paid a lot of money, and you would expect a lot better numbers from that. But, again, as by Joey Votto standards, he had a bad season. But I don't think anybody should sit back and pretend that he had a horrendous season where he was hitting 220 and, you know, couldn't hit 10 home runs. So, not great by Joey's standards, but I'm I'm with you. I think there are a lot of things to look forward to heading into 2020 as it relates to what he's going to put on the field. And real quick, too, and this was something, uh, this is just off topic, but something I was thinking about. If you had, if someone told you, they said, you're going to get 100 bucks, whether or not you pick the right thing, would you say yes or no, A. Eugenio Suarez will hit 50 home runs? Oh, so he's got three games left, right? Three games left, and he's one away. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. I, I'm, I'm gonna say he gets it. Uh, I was really hoping that uh, Craig Council wouldn't uh, tuck tail and run and let Hader <laughs> yeah. go head to head with him. I thought that would have been a, a really great uh, matchup. But um, you know, I understand the the analytics of the game. But uh, yeah, I think, I think he'll get that uh, within the next three games at Pittsburgh. Fairly hitter friendly park and. The Pirates have nothing to play for, and Geno's got at least something to target. So I'll go yes. That was something that, uh, if I were a Brewers fan, I applauded that decision. But as a Reds fan, I was just like, oh, come on, you coward, you yellow-bellied. Oh. Yeah. There, was, there like, was there was no bigger pop at the game than when Geno the, the, got in the batter's box. And 
there might not have been any more dissatisfaction at the game when he was intentionally <laughs> walked. So it was a it was a quick high and then a very quick low. Ooh, I I don't know that I want to know the answer to this, but was the boo louder whenever he was intentionally walked or whenever Joey struck out? I I, I think Gene, I think this the boo when Council walked Suarez might have been a okay. touch touch louder. So okay, uh, yeah, there there was not a lot of satisfaction in the stadium with that one. <laughs> I I don't I don't doubt it because I was sitting here as watching I was on the edge of my seat and I'm like oh come on and then I see him drop his bat and I'm like oh nah man yeah yeah but that's okay it, it, and it's been a heck of a season I mean I I don't think I ever would have expected to see Suarez break the National League third base home run record you know passing Mike Schmidt you know just just to say that just saying that gets me pumped up the fact that Eugenio Suarez has now hit more home runs in a season than Mike Schmidt did for the Phillies that's phenomenal bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet with every pair purchased a pair is donated go to bombas.com/locked to get 20% off your first purchase today that's bombas.com/lockedon I tell you, getting a ticket to an event right now, you've got a lot of options. There are some great options out there to get a ticket to a Reds game, a concert. I mean, for me, I love the fact that you can go to Vivid Seats, download the Vivid Seats app, and they have a rewards program. That's something that no one else is doing right now. For your concert tickets, for your game tickets, check out Vivid Seats today and i'll tell you what you need to do you download the vivid seats app and you enter promo code postseason that's all one word p-o-s-t-s-e-a-s-o-n and you're going to receive up to a hundred dollars off your first order here's the deal with vivid seats whenever you download and create your profile you're going to be automatically enrolled in their rewards program. It's not something you have to purchase. There's no annual fee. It's not anything like that. And you get a percentage back for every ticket purchase that you make. And that reward can go to, you know, free tickets in the future. So not only do you get some nice prices on some events that you're looking for, but you also get the ability to have a free event in the future. Check out Vivid Seats with a promo code POSTSEASON. Also want to thank today's sponsor for the Lockdown Reds podcast, Blue Chew. We've mentioned Blue Chew before on the Lockdown Reds podcast episodes. What I always tell everyone is it works fast. And you know the promo code. Just go to bluechew.com. That's B-L-U-E Chew. Dot com and enter promo code MLB. You're going to get your first order free. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is a chewable with the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but it works faster because it's a chewable. And the way that you get it, you just go to bluechew.com. You fill out a questionnaire, talk to a pharmacist there on the website. There's no awkward in-person doctor visits. You're not going to CVS and standing in a line or anything like that. No, no, no. You just go to bluechew.com. And if it's your first order, enter promo code MLB to get that first order free. They're going to ship it to you in a discreet packaging. And so you will be ready whenever you need it. Bluechew.com. 
Enter promo code MLB. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Reds podcast. It's also kind of indicative of the year 2019 has just been a crazy year for home runs and the you know Aquino's home run earlier in the game set the record for most in a season by the Reds and I almost think that was one of their downfalls it almost seemed like if they didn't hit a home run they didn't hit and it kind of hamstrung them through the year do you think that in the offseason kind of as a big picture thought process are they going to chase home run hitters or do they think that this is a fad well you know the thing with the home run that I see more than anything and I don't have stats in front of me to say one way or the other but it felt like there were a lot of solo home runs this year a lot of you know not a lot of men on base when the home run when the home runs were coming um so I, I I wonder if they if they need to you know, if, if you got Suarez and you got Aquino in the middle of your lineup, I mean, you've got two big power hitters sitting right there. You'd love to think that Joey could get, you know, 15 and maybe have another player who could add another 25 or so. But I, I really think they need to find some guys that can get on ahead of, you know, find a, a quality leadoff hitter that when Suarez or Aquino come up that you've got, you know, more players on base in order to get some runs in instead of just, relying on a couple solo shots. So let's expound on that thought process. This offseason is, before it even starts, it's the most important offseason in recent memory for the Reds because it's no longer a question of should they or shouldn't they. They should because if they don't, there's going to be a lot of people that just tune them out. With that being said, what maybe not necessarily what you think they're going to do, but what reasonable expectations do you have for this offseason? Uh, I think we can all agree that the starting rotation is pretty well set. Yep. At, least, at least four of the five starters are set, and that fifth starter might be on the team right now. So I think that everybody can relax about the starting rotation going forward. Um, I'd say you have four starters easily locked in between Votto, Suarez, I think Aquino has put himself right there to be an everyday player. Um, I don't know how many other players you're going to get in with that type of potential right. that you're going to get for that cheap. So it seems to me that he's easily there. And as long as Sinzel comes back healthy and in time, I think there's your fourth starting regular. Yep. So to me, that leaves at least four positions up for grabs. Uh, shortstop, catcher. Maybe a corner outfielder, depending on what you think of Jesse Winker. And then uh, wherever they decide that Sinzel fits, whether it's second base or center field, the other place is going to you know, have a vacancy with it. So I think they have more than enough bench bats. I think they need to go after you know, a, a starting shortstop. Nothing against Iglesias, but um, you know, I think they need some power from that spot. And I don't know that he's going to provide it. Phenomenal glove, but I think they need some power from that spot. Catcher might be the most interesting position this offseason for what they're going to go after, um, at least from from where I'm sitting, because that's one where we haven't seen a lot of production recently. And as much as everybody loves Tucker, and I think that Casale's a solid backup, that's a position to me that we didn't see a lot of 
quality at bats from consistently. Um, and then if, if you're asking me personally, I'd move Senzel to second base and I'd go out there and get a center fielder. I agree with you. I think that, and I'm not a doctor. I couldn't tell you exactly medically what happened to Senzel's shoulder. And just being the goofball that I am, I Googled labrum tear. And even when you Google labrum tear, they tell you that there is a wide spectrum as to how bad it could be. It could be nothing. It could be everything. So we don't know. I don't, and I think with that uncertainty, I think you want to take the variable of his arm out of the equation. And I think you want to put him in the second base. I, I think that's a smart play. Now, I'm not sure exactly what sort of options you'll have out there at center field, but I feel better with the center field options. And, and I know that there's talk about Anthony Rendon, and I would love that if they could sign Anthony Rendon and put him or Suarez at second base or however it works out, that would be phenomenal. But with that oh, being – yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Absolutely. If you, if you got a guy like Rendon, absolutely. Yeah. But with that being said, the Reds would not be the only team trying to sign him. There would be reasonably probably 10 other teams that would be going after him. And I know that they've mentioned that the favorites to get them is he would either stay with Washington or go to Texas. And I don't know about that. I mean, I've only what I know is what I've read in the rumor mill and all that good stuff. So probably we uh, the Reds would be considered sleepers, if anything, to sure. land him. So probably more feasible would be to move Senzel to second and then look for a center fielder. And I, I wrote something over at Red Leg Nation talking about the catcher conundrum, and that is, as much as we love Tucker, he's awesome, he great dude. Uh, I, I still, I still hold that I want to figure out a way to get him on the podcast someday. At the same token, on the field, it's been rough. And I read something today on MLB.com that said that he is going to consider a permanent move to being a left-handed hitter, get rid of the the right-handed hitting because his stats as a right-handed hitter against left-handed pitching aren't that great. That's all well and fine, but at the same time, you add another variable into a guy that already has a lot of variables. And if we're talking about improving the offense, and if we're talking about Yasmani Grandal being available, that's a pretty easy decision for me. I don't know what the Reds think about that. They might think he's too expensive, which I don't want to hear that. I know we're going to hear that, but I don't want to hear that. Right, right. And I just think that it's something that could be easily fixed. And then the other guy that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because there's still a lot of chatter that he will stay in New York is another former Reds prospect in Didi Gregorius, a big old uh, King Didi. King DDD. No, that's a Super <laughs> Smash Brothers uh, character. Um, or maybe you, you can call him that though. It's all good. King DD because <laughs> it's King DDD is like the bird. Anyway, <laughs> that's way <laughs> off topic. That's from like Nintendo. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, but anyway, you've got options like that. Uh, Drew. I'm way off topic, man. <laughs> hey, it's all good, but it's all good. Um, but yeah, I, I think so as a whole, who, um, 
If you could have... All right. Let's play a pick one and the other two absolutely don't happen. You either trade for Mookie Betts, you trade for Francisco Lindor, or you sign Anthony Rendon. Oh, wow. Um... I think, oh, well, I, I think I'd, I think I'd trade for Lindor. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'd trade for Lindor just because he gives you so much pop in that bad from a shortstop position that, uh, I, I think that's too, that's, that's tough to come by. Uh, corner outfield spots. Betts is phenomenal. I think he's phenomenal. And Rendon is, you know, a legitimate MVP candidate, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. But, um, if, if, if I had to pick just one, I, th- I think I'd go with Lindor. I I hope, because I know that the Indians have kind of been in the same position as they are right now for the last couple of years in that they are always a playoff contender. And there's been grumblings that they might try to sell off a couple of pieces this offseason and that Lindor may be available. And I would love to see the Reds go after him because that is a type of move. One of those three guys really – I, you know, on paper, in a vacuum, you can't go wrong with any one of those three moves because any one of those three moves is the type of move that you need to set this team in the playoff race next year. And with Lindor especially, you're getting a guy that's got a personality that is a team leader type. And that kind of kills two birds with one stone. Great performance and team leader type. And I think that that would just be a slam dunk of a move if they go and get him. But Ab- as, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I'll, I'll be honest. I know that all three of those, as people always tell us, are pipe dreams because we're a small market team. Yeah. You know, we, I, I hear that often and, but at some point in time, you've, you've got to go for it. And with the starting rotation laid out the way it is for next year, and seeing what they've done this last year, that's you. You have such a good rotation. You have to put some sort of offense around them. And you know, we we were talking earlier and mentioned you know four locks for the team for next year and Vados and Zell Suarez Aquino. Outside of that, and your starting and your starting rotation, everybody's up for grabs as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if if you you give up what it takes to get some of these big name players, if that means Jesse Winker, if that means Philip Irvin, Josh Van Meter. I know that there's a contingent of a bunch of Reds fans that love some of these younger players, and I'm right there with you. Uh, Amir Garrett, uh, you know, players like that, very, very good players, but you're talking about a transcendent player when you're talking about a guy like Lindor or Rendon or a player like that, and I think th- those are the types of players that the Reds need to look look at in order to make this thing work. Because the NL Central, to me, is still wide open heading into next year. Oh, I totally agree. And I think it's no better example as to why the NL Central is wide open than the fact that the Brewers have basically caught up to the Cardinals. There's been not one definitive division-leading team. Like, whoever wins between the Brewers and the Cardinals, the NL Central division, no one can claim as much as I could claim that I called the Cardinals winning the division, I can't say that I felt confident about that throughout the year. I mean, I think it was, and a guy, uh, Moose Michaels from the Lockdown Cardinals podcast, I've talked to him a number of times. He told me, 
you know, more than one occasion. They went the entire month of May and didn't win a series. And now we're talking wow. about them winning the division. It's like, just what a crazy year. And you've got the Cubs are in tor- turmoil. And our favorite team to hate. The team that we're about to finish the season up in their place, not at home, sadly, but the wonderful Pittsburgh Pirates. What about <laughs> them? Let's take a moment to just point and laugh. The fact that they don't even know if their manager's going to be back. I mean, I've seen multiple different articles, and they all have multiple point of views on this. One of it says, yes, he's absolutely going to be back next year. One of it says, no, he's going to be fired. The other one says, no one knows what's going to happen. I just love that. <laughs> I love I love all of it. <laughs> you know, P- Pittsburgh has just been... Uh... They've 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 been terrible this year. Let's be real. I mean, honestly though, I mean, up until the All Star break, they were right there in the chase, you know, heading into it, and then they just imploded down the stretch. And I don't know how Clint Hurdle keeps his job personally. I mean, they're in a similar boat to the Reds. They haven't been to the playoffs I think since 2015, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that was a uh, the wild card game at that. I don't think they've been in the division series since they beat the Reds in 2013. So, um, you know, I, I, we, we live in a culture of what have you done for me lately? And lately the pirates have been, you know, just like the Reds, they've been cellar dwellers. And we saw what happened to Brian price after multiple years of not being able to get it done. And I don't see how you bring back Clint hurdle, not to mention all the turmoil that's going on, inside the team. So I think that that just adds to it beyond the record. So um, I don't see how he keeps his job, but I'm with you. We've heard several different reports out there lately. That's definitely been the well-publicized bit, the different infighting and basically uh, daytime television type stories coming out of the Pirates locker room. And yeah, I just, I I saw a report the other day that said that he is for sure back. And I just kind of, raised an eyebrow at that i'm like hey i'm just glad i'm a reds fan that's right <laughs> well drew i appreciate your time man and uh what do you guys got going on over at the blog red machine this off season uh well one of our newest writers matthew uh is putting together an all decade team so we'll be putting out an article on that very shortly since we're kind of wrapping up the 2010 to 2019 so that'll be coming out uh probably later this weekend and uh you know we'll be diving in like i'm sure you guys will be with all the off-season talk and following the rumors and seeing how we can try to improve this team from afar and hopefully the reds front office listens to what we all have to say right (laughs) i that's that's all i want that's all i want well drew (laughs) drew man i appreciate it if you guys have not already done so make sure you check out blogredmachine.com it's a great way to keep up on our wonderful reds simple drew thank you so much for coming on man and i hope to talk to you again soon this off season my pleasure jeff thanks a lot have a good one hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today 